0: The world you find yourselves in is largely peaceful but there are always bad eggs there are always people who will do bad things for their own gain uh, who will steal who will murder for inheritance money and somehow the two of you keep finding yourselves in situations uh, where it's convenient and fits your skills to sleuth these things out
1: yeah yes
0: So this world is very similar to the one, the first one uh, that you, that you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if there are any details you would like to weave in about things that are, that are subtly different, then that's fine. Um, but largely this is a, a, a peaceful, cosy, comfortable sort of world where you get to solve mysteries sometimes. So yes. That's lovely.
2: We love solving mysteries
0: sometimes. And you've, you've grown up together and you are, you are peas in a pod. You are Marlowe and Nia. You are partners in in solving crime. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, what are you? What are you both like in this reality?
1: So I reckon we're we're not actually in the police. We're like PIs.
2: Yeah, like but maybe like in a part time way. Yeah, we're like the police. are Always consulting with us. Yeah, I reckon um, that um, Nia is maybe some kind of like investigative journalist. Uh huh and then ends up like solving some crimes yeah, which means yeah. that police start like consulting her yeah and i reckon um marlowe is a crime writer sure yes
1: good so you're getting constantly getting and material then we're, and you. then
2: we're kind of working together a lot yeah where you're doing like investigations and then i do the kind of watson thing of like writing a, st- yeah. a consumable story about them
1: yes and we're both rich yeah as
0: a result
2: yeah richard castle rich
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> So molo has gone into like true crime or like based on true yeah, events yeah, yeah. crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm hitting the big time with the news stories. Winning those Pulitzers. Yeah. Lois Lane style.
0: Yeah. So what's your latest case?
1: I think that there's been a bit of a Jonathan Creek style mystery.
2: Yeah, like locked room murder.
1: Yep. Uh, and no one can solve it. So we've been brought in. It's, uh, someone at, um, those, uh, like, singing murder mystery evenings they do. There's a part in that show where, um, there's a lot of, uh, exciting sound and lights that happens and it's all operated from a tech box which is sunk into the ceiling so you can't actually see it but it's got, like, a little viewing grid in what would be the floor of mm-hmm. that tech, tech box and, um, that night the sound and lights just didn't happen on cue. And um, when they went to investigate, the tech box was locked, and there was no way in or out. Um, but they found the technician dead yeah. inside.
2: Yeah, someone had seen them going in alive, and then they were dead. No witnesses, <laughs> and like you could, there was only one way in and out that yeah. everyone in the audience and the cast would be able to see. Yeah, and it was locked from the inside. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, real murder at a murder mystery. Yes. Yeah.
2: A kind of like stately home turned yeah. yeah. like yeah theater venue. Yeah.
0: And so you're you're brought in when the police are stumped.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: There are. I think there are. You're famous enough that there are some press outside that you have to fight your way through. Uh Yeah. Uh, You get papped on the way in. Yeah. What's your sort of relationship with the press? Um. Friendly.
2: So I think Nia's friendly because that's like they're probably your network.
1: Yeah. Apart from the more tabloidy side of things. But the
2: tabloidy ones you really like look down your nose at, and I think I'm just surly in general. Sure. With strangers, yep <laughs> just generally suspicious
0: so uh, it was a technician rather than the tech manager, so the uh-huh. the tech manager meets you at the door and says, "Ah, uh so glad you're here uh i I feel sure that this is in this is in good hands now this investigation um that 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 inspector uh inspector bridge is just." He's such so bumbling, don't you yeah. agree? Uh, I mean, they so just, so got Bridgie on it. <laughs> <in> <laughs> a he's just like the the way you write him in the in the book.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've not even changed his name. That's <laughs> so how much I don't like him. Um, I um, think it's an outrage that he is just saying that it's a suicide without having properly investigated. Which is classic in these locked room mystery situations where people yeah. assume that just because there was no way in and out, that the victim must have killed themselves. Of
0: course, uh, Derek was was had just won the lottery and he was getting married at the weekend <laughs>
2: absolutely you would never have
0: committed suicide
2: <laughs> and if, if there's no note then i'm sorry you guys but very unlikely
0: well, would you like to inspect the the scene of the crime hell yeah, yes we would
2: absolutely
0: okay you find yourselves in this tech box Yep. uh i i like the idea that maybe one of your techniques is you try and recreate the exact circumstances so oh yeah
2: oh yeah like okay. um derek from um, C- um criminal minds Yes, yeah, 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 he likes to walk through the murder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or Hannibal. Yeah,
0: yeah. So the, the tech manager walks you through like setting up the desk exactly how it was on the yeah, night. Yeah, like you know, flicking switches on and off, making sure the lighting situation is exactly the same. Um, you can kind of see through the viewing port that sort of lighting states changing on the stage. And the the tech manager says, "Oh, well, that's it. That's it. That's other than the other than the audience in the auditorium. This is exactly how it was on the night." Uh, shall I? Uh, I'll, I'll leave you to it, shall I? Uh, yeah, that'd
1: be
2: great.
0: Uh, the tech manager steps out, uh, and the door closes.
2: I'm getting myself into the mind of the murderer. Okay, that's my process. Okay,
1: I take a more kind of. Uh, cold scientific yeah, approach and i'm examining blood spatter and um, the 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 minutiae of the scene that
2: is exactly that's exactly how a partnership works yeah
0: <laughs> there's, a, there's a tape outline of uh, of where Derek fell why do they insist on doing
2: this <laughs> <laughs> it's all across their desk
0: their... <laughs> yeah he slumped across yeah. that. he was found slumped across the desk they had to break the door to get in, because locked room mystery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what clues do you find?
1: So, there is blood pooled, or you can see where it was pooled, uh, all across the floor. Um, but the only place it hasn't pooled is that little viewing vent that looks down into mm-hmm. the uh, the performance area below, uh, and something that's not been noticed in any of the police reports that we've read is that there's a tiny indentation like something's hit it at force in the ceiling of the tech box
0: mm. yeah uh, how how's getting into the mind of the murderer get it going
2: um so i'm thinking about what might have motivated the um killer to um kill this uh it's like a young man who's about to get married at the weekend has just won the lottery and a few immediate motives are springing to mind. Yeah. Uh, so there are three reasons uh, usually why a person commits murder. Um, those reasons are um, revenge, uh, love or money. Yeah. And this young man is about to get married so there is a potential motive around that. Um, and there's, he's obviously just won the lottery, so it would definitely be worth working out who ends up with the money as a result of his death, who benefits, follow the money. Um, it strikes me that in order to kill someone in this circumstance, this was very much a premeditated crime, Uh not a heat of the moment, um, situation. So we are looking for somebody probably, um, smart enough to have been able to work out how to do this and leave it looking like an apparent um, suicide
0: in a locked room. Yeah. So while Marlow is mind-palacing uh, and Nia is being observant and looking around for clues, uh, through the viewing port, Nia sees that the auditorium is not empty after all. There is a, a figure in a hoodie uh, in, the, in the auditorium that appears to be pointing some sort of piece of equipment up at the viewing port. Oh, Hello. I'm going to run down there. You, uh, you unlock the door and hair off and uh, uh, Marla, this is something that you've seen do yeah. all the time. Yeah. You're in the middle of your mind palace monologue and suddenly she's off chasing a yeah. suspect. Uh, you make it into the auditorium um, and there is a figure there in the centre of the auditorium standing on the back of one of the chairs uh, can't see their face wearing a hoodie uh, and they're pointing uh, something sort of uh, vaguely gun-like but sort of uh, there seems to be kind of cord and or like wire elements to it, oh. um, and is kind of still setting up and sighting on that viewing port.
1: I'm going to run at them and shout, "Stop! What are you doing?"
0: They freeze, drop the piece of equipment, look at you. You just see uh, who whose whose face do you see? Uh, catch a glimpse of under the hoodie,
1: <laughs> Errol. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it can be Errol if you want. Yeah,
2: oh my god. Yeah, it's Errol.
0: You see you see. Errol the, face, the
2: incompetent.
0: You see the face of a young man with a with a an an undercut and the rest of his hair messily swept over to one side. Have you met him before in your um sleuthing career?
1: Uh yeah, I think he um is a bit of a crime scene bunny and so he's a lucky loo. He yeah, likes yeah, yeah. to hang around and,
0: and have a little look at what's happened. Uh inserting
2: himself into the investigation. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh and he takes off running.
2: And I just shout, Errol,
0: <laughs> shake
1: my fist and run after him.
0: Uh okay. Uh roll ordinary to chase him down. No. Not yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, do. yeah, you You tackle Errol in the uh, just outside the auditorium in the corridor. Yeah, tackle him to the ground. Yep. I say,
1: Errol, we find ourselves in this position yet again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. What are you? What are you doing here? I was just. uh, uh... I thought I, I was inspired by you, and I thought I'd try and recreate the circumstances of the murder. What?
1: But, but at what point in the murder was someone down here aiming some kind of weird weapon at the tech box? Well, that, they must have been right. That's the only way it could have been done. Okay, but what? Uh, I mean, that. Firstly, no, that's not the case. But also, what? Oh, what how was what, it done then? Know, shut up, Harold. <laughs> <Herald. laughs> what? What's that weird weapon you
0: were using? Well, it. It like. It's this thing I rigged up, and it like shoots like a uh, like a, a thing with like a really thin needle that could get through the viewing port, and it's got like a fishing line because I thought maybe that's how how it was done. I didn't get all the way through thinking about it.
1: No, I can tell. Um, okay, how did you even get in here? This is a crime scene.
0: He uh, he pulls out a very clearly fake press pass oh, out Jesus. of his uh, hoodie. Great.
1: Glad to see that uh everyone's keeping a tight rein on security
0: as per usual. <sighs> where's where's Marlow?
2: Um I'm still up in the um in the tech yeah. box having just heard the shout of Errol. I've probably gone, "Ah, oh, goddamn Errol again." Um but know that um Nia's got it under control. So uh having spent my time kind of thinking about uh that I'm probably just going to pop outside uh, the tech box and investigate of the other <laughs> The other areas outside and just kind of look for possible um entry points and um ways that the crime could have been committed
0: uh okay uh roll ordinary i think looking for clues is pretty ordinary
2: seven you find
0: no clues
2: two oh my gosh it's getting <laughs> Problematic.
0: <laughs> I yeah. Can't do
2: anything ordinary <laughs>
0: anymore. <laughs> Somehow your your mind is just not on this. Uh, yeah. not on this job. Something is just like gnawing at the back of your mind that is that is taking up all your attention. Something's just something's. You don't find any clues, but you definitely have a feeling that something's just not right about mm. this case. Something's really off.
2: Okay. Um, I'm going to head down. I'm ha- head down towards where I know. Nia will be having, a, like, <laughs> wrestled Errol to the ground.
0: Have you got Errol, like, strapped to a chair or something? No, um, he's just he's... he's just leaning against the wall, standing
1: up, leaning against the wall now, looking a bit sorry for himself. <laughs> well, I'm just going to ask him if he genuinely knows anything about the case. Yeah, because I might mean, as well. Sometimes he does, because he hangs around so much, he picks up
0: yeah. information. So do you know anything useful here, Errol? Well, I... I've got this theory that I thought it, it might be like that case you did of the 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 case of the creaky the creaky chair
1: right. How was it like
0: that? because like nobody heard anything from the room, and that was the thing with the creaky chair right was that it didn't creak <sighs> that was the that was the twist
1: yeah I sure it was like
0: that sure
1: I mean that makes literally no sense <laughs> yeah. um so you you don't you haven't heard any chatter there's there's no there's nothing interesting coming through. do
2: you know anything about the victim?
0: uh no, I never met him, but isn't he getting married to that like famous bird at the weekend yep yeah. um didn't she have that brother i've taken I've got some money for some pictures of him this one time
1: oh my god i don't know I don't even know if she has a brother, yeah. But sure, yeah. That does not count as interesting or useful information. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Look, you can just just go home, Errol. It's all right. <laughs> he slopes uh, off. <laughs> off. Yeah. Utterly useless.
2: Um, I didn't find anything. Um, upstairs, additional upstairs. But I'm kind of drawing a blank on this one, which is unusual for me at this stage of a case. I usually have at least some harebrained theories about how it could have been done. Okay. So you know maybe. I don't know whether you want to go and have a second look or... There's something just... Yeah. Something you know, not right today. I'll, I'll go back up and carry on my uh, my look around. Um, I will uh, go and speak to our fave, Inspector Bridge, about yeah. what Can he's you, managed um, to find out so far. See if the talk report's come back, yeah. Yeah, will do.
0: All right. Uh, Nia, roll ordinary to look for some clues. One. That'll do. What do you find?
1: So I take a closer look at the uh, the lighting desk because it doesn't look right. Uh I know that model of lighting desk quite well, and uh this is looking a lot chunkier than
0: Ooh. than the versions
1: I've used before. Uh so I get out my little multi-tool, um, flip it over, and sure enough, it's got a false bottom. <coughs>
2: Ta-da. Uh
1: so within that false bottom it has got rigged a spike. <gasps>
0: uh Death mechanism.
1: Yeah, correct. Pouch. So it just pops out. So as soon as he pressed go, uh, it, the go was actually disabled, and it was a, a button to to fling a spike up into his head, uh, and it is has been rigged so that it actually comes out of his head Ooh. and then up
2: into the ceiling, and, and made that's a little
0: dent. made the dent in the <gasps> ceiling. You've cracked it. I have. But who did it?
2: Yeah, and where did the little spike go? Like, still in the ceiling. It's just, it's still in the ceiling. Yeah, that's but it's left, left
0: a dent behind it mm. on ah. its entry
2: point. Clever.
0: Uh, so, Marlo, as you're speaking to Inspector Bridge, you get the uh, the text from Nia to say that <laughs> that she's, <laughs> she's cracked it. She knows how it was done. Nice. Uh, and all that's left is for the two of you to run the suspect to ground. Where do you have your confrontation with the culprit?
2: Oh, back on the stage at the theatre, probably. Like, we invite them in, like, Poirot. Yeah, yeah. We love doing that bit.
1: <laughs> After having firmed up the security a bit better.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got Inspector Bridge and his men, like, positioned for the bit where we know they'll try and run an escape, and yeah. they'll open the door, and they'll be there, yeah. and then... Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. Was it the brother, or was it someone completely unexpected...
1: I don't think it was anyone to do with his upcoming wedding because there'd be no point because they'd need to be married before that person would inherit any of the money.
2: Exactly and I think that we um, initially suspect that it could be the wife-to-be
1: Yeah.
2: because there's maybe some reticence about getting married but she wants the money but we know she wouldn't inherit the money until she got married Yeah. but by getting married his own sibling, his sister, is disinherited because she would otherwise have got the money and they've had a recent disagreement that we find out about Yeah. and we realise that as a member of the backstage crew she had all the opportunity to get up into the tech box to uh-huh. rig the false bottom and her experience as a prop maker yeah. has allowed her to have the skills required to be able to rig the uh, lighting desk to be able to commit the crime boom yep solved it
0: and do you do the proper poirot style parlor scene where you invite all of them the- oh everybody <laughs>
2: and we accuse everybody in yes. order and say but it wasn't you <laughs> and then go to the next person and then finally, and she should have known it was her. I' going to her last. we get to her and then she does the classic thing. Of- she,
0: she tries to she tries yeah. to run and she you're all on the stage and she runs uh, to, to leap the orchestra pit into That's the it. into the auditorium. And she, she, she manages to, she just manages to clear the orchestra pit and she's like grabbed the edge and is sort of trying to pull herself up out of the orchestra pit into the auditorium to run away. Um, all of the exits are sealed so this is futile yeah. Yeah. but she's still she's going for it what the two of you do
1: I see a the watcher
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> and I turn to Nia and say why do they always run <laughs> 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 they always they always run and then uh, yeah she's trying the door at the back and, and can't can't get out. Does she even get out of the orchestra pit? Yeah, I mean, probably <laughs> not.
0: She she slips back in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she like kind of clambers out, and then we just. Like, I think we just walk up yeah, to the edge yeah. of it, and look yeah. down at her, like, just, are you done though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Standing on the on the edge of the stage by by the footlights, uh, peering into the orchestra pit, you have a strange both of you strange moment of vertigo. Theatre stages are, are are strange places. They're places where different. Truths and different realities can become real uh, in in different people's eyes, um, and as she sort of looks up at you from the orchestra pit, looking at you on the stage from where an audience member might be if they fell in the orchestra <laughs> you know, from, from, yeah. from the like the notionally real side of the, yeah. of, the mm-hmm. of the divide to the fictional side of the divide you you feel something inside of you sort of waver. And you both have this very strong feeling that a step over, a step one step forward would not take you on a fall into the orchestra pit. It would take you somewhere else. And you both sort of teeter and sway unsteadily on the side, on, on this uh, on this lip.
1: Uh, I look over
2: at Marlo and say, do you feel that? Mm. Yeah, I do feel that. What, what is that? I don't know, but I feel like I've kind of felt it before. I, I can't remember when or where.
1: So I, I, I reach out my hand to try and almost like
0: feel it to see if I can touch whatever it is. So you, you reach out your hand sort of over the edge of the stage um, and suddenly it, looking at your hand, it, it seems like it's, it's not flesh and blood, it's stitched
1: uh so i snap my hand back i look at it in the normal normal light
0: again. like flesh and blood again
1: so i look at look at marla and say what did you see that
2: yeah and that kind of i don't know it's just like ringing a bell in a way where like it doesn't seem as weird and freaky as it probably ought to seem
0: you both see uh, the edges of your vision start to blur and become misty, um, and you you start to hear as if from a from a great distance away, like the sound of a of a rising wind, and that sense of unsteadiness on your feet on this edge starts to increase to the point that you are having to. Um, you having to make an effort to keep yourselves upright, mm-hmm. and it feels like it doesn't feel like there is uh, an expansive stage behind you. You could just step onto. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're you're standing on a tightrope. How about you both roll ordinary to keep your feet six. Mia fails four. So do I. You both pretty much at at exactly the same moment the strength of your ankles and knees and and your balance gives way and you topple and you don't fall into the orchestra pit Uh, you fall into whiteness and into mist and when you both come to you're both lying in the splintered remains of a loom You've been listening to Merely Role Players. Ellie plays Nia, Vicky plays Marlowe. I'm Matt, your host, and we were playing All Out of Bubblegum, a role-playing game by Jeffrey Grant and Michael Sullivan. Marlowe and Nia will return.